Hey friends, it's Ash here, and I'm so excited to gift you a little bit of a treat today that is unexpected, and it's instead of doing an episode where I interview somebody over you know, Zoom or Skype or whatever have you, I wanted to introduce you to my experience that I had uh, in Pasadena, California in August 2019. I was the MC for Prem Rawit, and he is a well-known peacemaker and guru. He's spoken to audiences up to 100,000 people in India, and I was his MC for his event in Los Angeles releasing his book called Peace is Possible all about how to access inner peace. And throughout the event, he had an audience of 3,000 people and it was just me and him on stage with me asking him questions about what it means to find inner peace. Uh, So I thought it would be fun to share with you this audio from the event uh, in hopes that it resonates with some of you. It was such a massive audience and I could tell that he had people who had been following him for their entire lives. And I'm really excited to share this with you. So feel free to tune in and I'll start the audio now. What are you doing tonight? Hello. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm your host for the evening. I'm a career coach. I'm a counterterrorism professional. Obvious career pivot. I'm also a Forbes writer. I'm an author for Hay House. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I'm all of these things. But for the past 10 years, I'm also someone who has spent my time in personal development really investigating this concept of freedom and of peace and how to access that peace that's already inside of me that is beyond all of these labels that I've bought into about who I am or who I'm not. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, I was at a seminar. And I was sitting next to a guy who told me he'd been in prison for 20 years. And I asked him, wow, you know, 20 years in prison, that's a long time without your freedom. How did you go that long? And he said to me something I'll never forget. He said, I was always free. The prison just didn't know it yet. So, so how do we access this mindset? How do we feel that sense of inner freedom? Uh, this is the guide for me on the questions that I want to ask Prem tonight. So if everybody could join me in extending a warm welcome to Prem Rawat. You know, I'm so excited for everyone because after reading your book, I became so aware of all of your um, peace education programs and the shifts that it's creating in the mindsets of um, so many people in prison, also even, you know, with terrorists. And, And I understand that one person's terrorist is another person's hero, and there's so much to that mindset. And so I would love to hear for everyone, what are some of the steps that you have been uh, educating for people to shift their mindset? Well, there is a lot of problems in this world. And you can try to go and take care of every one of the problems. And every time you do, a new one pops up, and a new one pops up, and a new one pops up. So at some point in time, you have to just stop and say, well, what is causing all this? And when you start to understand 
that it's really a very simple thing. That the puzzle isn't misplacement of values or understandings, but the puzzle really is misplacement of the self. Where people are not in touch with who they are then there's something that's going to be fundamentally wrong. You know who you are, but you don't know where you want to go. Or you absolutely know where you want to go, but you don't know who you are. And the thing is that both of them have very separate implications. That if you never find out, because finding out you're on the wrong airplane or right airplane, that's just one announcement. But if you don't know who you are, it doesn't matter how many announcements. Because you don't know who you are, so you don't know where you want to go, what's going on, where you came from, what's happening. And in this world, this is the problem. Uh, people all of a sudden are fighting because they belong to a different religion. And it's like, is there any reason when their religion actually spells it out that, hey, no, it's all inclusive? So then why, why is all this happening? And, you know, you, you, after a little while, you smarten up. You say, oh, yeah, well, this guy's got nothing better to do. And so, you know, he's trying to get some recognition and some, some leverage somewhere here. But the issue is, do we in our society really know who we are? So when, you, when I go to the prisons and you start talking to inmates and you start to look at their story, the story that they have to tell, and it's a pretty, pretty hard story. And they're blaming everybody else. They're blaming the warden, the police, the judge, the family, the government, everything. But not themselves. They're not looking at themselves. And the day they start looking at themselves, the whole equation changes because the good news is they can do something about it. If it's them, they can do something about it, which is they can initiate the change. If it is the judge, that's not going to happen. So this is where the premise of peace is possible really comes from. That if it is as simple as that, then this is by not just some fancy idea, but it really is the experience that I've had working with people, is that once the light is placed and turned on in the right place, something magical happens. And the light has to be placed on you, not on your issues. You know, I, I was thinking about how some people, it almost seems like maybe they're addicted to being miserable or addicted to feeling victimized. Um, what do you think it is that keeps people, because it sounds amazing when you look at somebody and you say, you've got two options, you know, taking responsibility and happiness, or it's everybody else's fault and you have no power. I feel like the answer is obvious, but for some people it's not the case and they don't even realize how victimized or... Uh, how much they're not looking within. What do you think it is that keeps someone from looking at themselves or taking that kind of responsibility? Well, 
you'll be very surprised in finding out that people don't really think that that is an option. It's like you have been absent so much from your life. And just think about what that statement means. You have been absent from your life. Everybody has else been there, uh, else has been there. Your mother has been there, your father has been there, your friends have been there, and the list goes on. Your teacher and the, the person who wrote the book that you had to read, and ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Everybody else has been there, but you haven't been there. And nobody has invited you in to this little beautiful play. So then when you start talking to people about themselves, because the idea is very simple, know thyself. But who said that? Socrates said that. How, when did he say it? Oh my God, a really long time ago. Uh, now, let's look at Socrates a little bit. Is he just just a Joe Blow, you know, somebody who does Pepsi commercials in Greece? No, he is one of the one of the very profound philosophers who really took in so much of that thing and gave so much to the world. And he's the one who says, know thyself. So he says, know thyself. And what does that mean to our society? Yeah, he was cool. <laughs> that's what it means. But that's not the issue. The issue is, what does it really mean? Do I know myself? And the answer is, no. And do I need to know myself? And the answer is, yes. And then what will happen if I get to know myself? Maybe all those things that I have wanted to happen in my life, but never happened, are behind that curtain, that very curtain that says, open this. You have opened every single other present, except for one. And that one present that you have not opened, that has laid there by the fireplace, where the Christmas tree is placed, year after year after year after year after year after year after year, it doesn't matter however many years old you are, it is the only one that remains unopened. And other presents, through other presents, the parents have tried to, or other people have tried to fulfill your wishes. But this one present perhaps holds the key to truly fulfilling that wish that your heart has, not so much your mind. And here I make a distinction between the mind and the heart, because the wishes of the mind change every 30 seconds, and that's too long. That's, that's, that's somebody slow. Uh, <laughs> But it's even faster than that. But until we really start to understand something about ourselves, we cannot make a change in ourselves. And if we cannot make a change in ourselves, then we are one of those components that it is us times whatever is what society equals. Society isn't a bunch of raccoons out there that have to be tamed. Society is us. 
We are the ones who have the laws of the society. We are the ones who create the laws for the society because the whole idea in a society is a whole bunch of different people can come together and live harmoniously. What happened? <laughs> we never figured us. And that us is each one of those us in the society. So you were saying that, you know, when I was reading your book, you were talking about how most, you know, or every world conflict you believe starts at the individual level. And, you know, just the feedback that a lot of the issue is really people don't even realize they have the option to take responsibility and look at themselves. So for anyone here who's leaving today, you know, once they, the doors open, I know that, you know, on my way in, a guy flipped me off in traffic and, you know, I, I waved and smiled. But at the same time, we, we don't always feel that way. So if somebody here you know, wants to take that option and really start to get to know themselves, what are some steps that they can take or what is one action you would love for everyone to remember as they walk out the door? You know, we talk about all these what steps and, and, and I get that a lot. I love a good step. You know? Yeah. So what, is, so what do I do? And I say to people, what if it isn't that they, you have to do anything? In your thought, include yourself. In your wish, include yourself. In your being, include yourself. In your existence, include yourself. What would the world look like to you? This is deep, okay? Get ready. <laughs> so, get ready. <laughs> What would the world, what would your world be like if you took away in your vision, from your vision, off this world, off yourself, off everything that happens every single day, your desire to be a certain way? What would this world look like? U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, our e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, and you'd like to try a free version of our job hunting course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash job offer. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash job offer. Now let's get back to this week's episode. think a lot about simplicity and how I think so many people, like you were saying, they think that to fix a problem, they need to add something versus remove it. And I found in my own life, removing is usually the way. Uh, what, are, what are some ways or ways of being uh, from the heart for someone to create more simplicity in their life? Because it's so easy to be complicated. To see the universe with the eyes that are not obscured by expectation. What would that vision be like? Let's, this, is, this is the issue here. 
Yeah. You said, okay, you don't, you don't have to create anything, you just take something away and now you like something. What if it isn't about, what, what if it isn't either one of those things? That's good. I have no answer. I'm so glad you're the guy in that chair. <laughs> the hot seat. I defer to you, yeah. Great question. Because do you not have an expectation of yourself? Do you not? Of the universe? Of how it should go along with your plans? <laughs> um, and don't you have expectations of the person sitting next to you, even though you don't know them? <laughs> and don't you have expectations of your family members? So my question to you then becomes, what would it be like to see this universe, including the stars, including the trees, including the ocean, including the rivers, including the mountains, including your fellow person that's next to you, without expectation? Just out of curiosity. Instead of saying, you know, oh, and what will that accomplish? Let's leave that. Let's not go there, because that's going to become a pissing contest. <laughs> Am I right or are you right? But just out of curiosity, what would it be like? What would it be like? To know you as you are. I'm not talking about your temper, I'm not talking about the sense of your knowledge, I'm not talking about the sense of your likes, your dislikes, of all, any of those things. To see without any obscuration, in total clarity, the self. As I'm listening to you, I think a lot of people have a certain mindset around time and how there's never enough, or they don't want to be with themselves, there's not time for themselves. Uh, yep. What would you have to say to someone in the audience that they catch themselves saying, you know, there's not enough time? You're good at making excuses. And time is a wonderful excuse. Hey, look, we know we make excuses, right? When we don't want to deal with somebody, something, what excuse do we make? I don't have time for that. For you to even suggest that you control time, is really a whacked out picture. <laughs> Excuse me, I know you're important and I know you're valuable and I know you are very good and I know every, but you don't control time. So what are you talking about? More time, less time? You don't control time. Oh, 
actually, time controls you. Hello. And this is the way I put it, very simply. There are two walls. The first wall, you came through, you were born. And now you are headed for another wall. And you're going to hit that wall, and you're going to disappear. And that's what's going to happen. And I know it's not good news. <laughs> and you are going very quickly. I mean, you're racing towards that other wall. You write in your book a lot about being present and how the magic is right now, and it's in you. And when you were talking about releasing expectations, I felt this part of me get afraid because I thought, how do I plan for the future and the intentional creative life I'm excited about, but also be here right now and release my expectations? Because there's some sort of ego, I think, the expectations where they activate you. Right. The, the thing is, say you're going to go camping. So you got your car, got your luggage loaded. You got to make sure that, and of course you want to make sure you got everything. Now, but you're going somewhere else. Why is it important for you? Isn't it about the journey? Is it, isn't it about that other destination that you're going to? So why are you so concerned about making sure you bring everything? Why are you so concerned you, when you arrive at your destination, it's entirely possible that your car is only going to have one gallon of gas left. It's entirely possible. So why do you want to fill your gas tank? And you're, I know people are looking at me like, are you for real? <laughs> How else are you going to get to your destination without the gas? But we can just get the gas at the destination. Can't we? So we don't need to fill our tanks with gas, do we? So we can drive on empty to our destination and then fill up our tanks once we get there, right? Uh, I don't think so. That would be. I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Ex say it, say it, say it. It's a simple question. Same thing. Fill yourself up now. That doesn't change the future. But if you're empty, that will change your future. Because if you are empty and not full in your heart, in your understanding, in your solidity with yourself, in your relationship with yourself, you're going to struggle this entire journey. And future doesn't mean anything. So that's the time we are taking, hey, saying, hey, fill up with gas, get the water, any spare oil you might need, make sure you've got, for that picnic of yours, make sure you've got bottle openers. <laughs> the single most thing forgotten on a picnic. Make sure you have it, because this preparation is what's going to allow you to enjoy what is ahead. And that future can be enjoyable or that future can be treacherous.
It depends on what you do now. Yeah. Uh, I... I grew up, you know, as a kid, I had a lot of energy. I think a lot of people do. I mean, I had so much energy from, I got kicked out of preschool for headbutting kids. <laughs> so, you know, I've clearly been on this journey of stillness and um, getting quiet with myself so that I can really connect to who I am and be in the now. Um, what feedback do you have for people who kind of reside in that place where they're always on, they're always in that energy? and not, they feel or they're buying into the belief that they can't access that stillness, that that's for other people, that's not for them. If they're on on the outside and off on the inside. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> so if they're on on the outside, may as well be on on in the inside. Because then you're really on. Otherwise, it's, you know, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off, you're on and off. And then what happens to most of these people? They get out there, they get to be 50 years old, 60 years old, and they go, what was that all about? You know, one, amazing things happen when you start to smell the other wall. It sets you straight. You smell it. <laughs> you smell it. You start to smell it. And it's a weird smell. It's a weird, it's nothing like you have smell, ever smelled before, believe me. But really? you start to smell it. You know it's coming. You know it's there. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. You smell it. But in the world? <laughs> and this is when people take a look at it and go, gee, I should have packed that bottle opener. I should have packed this, and I should have packed that, and I should have. All the should-haves, right? The great wisdom leans forth as a burden on your shoulders. And at that point, it's like, Okay, 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 okay. There are people who, they never went to the temple, they never went to the church, never went to the synagogue, and now they're making a beeline for it. <laughs> Why? Because they can smell the wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a visual. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The, it's, it's an incredible thing because so many people have said is that if we could understand what is going to ultimately happen to us at the end, we would never lead our lives the way we do. Yeah, on, on one of my final notes, I want to ask you about knowing versus believing, because now you're talking about the wall, and I've got my whole beliefs going on over here. <laughs> so can you share with the audience this distinction between knowing something and believing something? Yes, believing is easy. You can believe anything you want. <laughs> anything you want. Knowing is for knowing 
is a fact. Reminds me of a guy at a seminar I was at a couple weeks ago. He looked at a white paper and he looked at it and he said, do you see that? And I said, well, what? And he said, God is right there. And I just thought, party on. Okay, you know, believe exactly. it. Believe whatever you want. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's like people say God. People say God. Now, which God are we talking about? The one that you believe in? You have every right to believe in God the way you want to. Nobody in this whole universe can come to you and say, no, you're wrong. That's, that's wrong in itself. But the question is, do you know God? Do you know that God that dwells in your heart? Now, of course, it lives in you, doesn't have legs, eyes, judgment. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about Clint Eastwood. I'm talking about God. It's like, you make a mistake and it's over, you know. It's a famous line, you know, it's like this guy, you know, and he's trying to point his gun at, at Clint Eastwood and he goes, make my day, you know. Yeah, come on. Or in your life, have you... Again, and the only way to see real God is once you remove these other veils. Without any bias to see, to look at the tree and know that that tree is made out of same stuff as you. And know that you are made out of dust. The dust that falls every minute. Do you know there's new dust falling on the face of this earth all the time? Most of the dust you see when you park your car outside, go like this to it. It came from outer space. Because that's what it is. It's just dust, 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 dust. I mean, there's all these things colliding and destroying themselves. And yet, there's a harmony. And there is a reality, and dust you came from, and to dust you will go. And you are dust. Could you see yourself as dust? No, of course not. That's against your ego. That's against your better judgment. That's not what you work for. If one, who in the world would come to one of my sessions to find out their dust? <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> but let me tell you one thing, the day you hit that wall, you will know. I haven't hit the wall yet. I've talked to a lot of people who were much closer to the wall than I am. In fact, I've talked to people, I've talked to them in the, in the morning and they passed on in the afternoon. They wanted to get a word in to me, you know, it's like, hey. So, life is beautiful. Life is wonderful. The enlightenment you're looking for is inside of you. That power that you're looking for is inside of you. 
Now, it, it, the, the limitation is just this. With these eyes, you can see everybody's face, except your own. When you're in the jar. Yeah. yeah. So you can't see yourself. Yeah. I can see you. You, I, you can see me. But I can assure you that you cannot see yourself. To see yourself, you need a mirror. You need, to see, you need to see your reflection. So my final question to wrap up, which is a totally different note, but I couldn't help but ask you. I know you've done amazing work with the FARC in Colombia. You know, and for everybody who is listening or you don't know, their civil war, they were the left party. There are 220,000 deaths, 5 million people displaced. I, I was watching your curriculum on it, and I'm not going to ask you for steps, even though I want to, Prem. Mm -hmm. But I would love to know what you've learned from working with you know, kind of like I said, one person's terrorist is another one's hero. Like, how have you navigated that with these populations and worked with them? Well, first of all, I don't work with heroes and I don't work with people's beliefs. That has to go out. I only work with human beings. That's, that's all I can work with. So, you know, we at uh, after fit can say, oh, wow, they did this. Oh, wow, they did that. But if you're if you if you don't think you're a human being, how can I help you? Yep. You know, how I have water. But if you're not thirsty, how can I give it to you? What what value would it would it have for you? None. And so in the same in the same fashion, to me it's very, very clear. What do you want in your life? What do you think I tell the inmates? What do you want in your life? If you want the peace that is already inside of your heart, I can help you. Mm. If you want a peace that you have conceptualized, I can't help you. If you want to know the beauty that lies inside of you, if you want to know the clarity that is inside of you, if you want to know the serenity that is inside of you, I can help you. But if you want to know the serenity that you have concocted in your head, I can't help you. I'm not an Aladdin's, you know, lamp guy who comes out, the genie, and make things happen. This is what the world is gone off on. Give me a formula so I can be more successful. If you already don't know how successful you are by being a little more successful, how will it help? <laughs> the most important thing on a map is not the cartography of all the detail. It is one thing. You are here. If you don't know where you are, it doesn't matter what the map says. Oh, the treasure island is here, the treasure map is buried here, the this is here, the that is here, the ice cream truck is here. But if you don't know where you are on that map, what good is that map? That's the issue. People want to be successful. People want to be this. People want to be that. They want to go to heaven. They want to go to heaven. After they hit that wall, they want to go to heaven. And I say to them, if you cannot recognize the heaven that you are already in, what good is that heaven going to do you up there? Mm 
that may or may not be there. Well, on that note, it's a perfect place to end for a 20-minute break. Everybody think about heaven and the wall. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.